Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, huge day in Lakerland. It's the trade deadline. It's the unveiling of the Kobe statue. And oh, by the way, a nationally televised game against the Nuggets. How's your Thursday looking? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. It's always free. It is never behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube it's where you can go hang out with 23, 23 is the way you say that number. Thousand subscribers uh, to the channel. Ton going on today. You've got the trade deadline. Um, there, there is the unveiling of the Kobe statue. And oh, and oh yeah, the, the measuring stick game against the Nuggets. Um, of all of these things, I guess the, the, the first thing that comes up is the deadline, um, at least as we're recording in the uh, late evening on um, Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday into Thursday, Lakers, like most of the league, have not made a move. Uh, really no rumors out there that there's something imminent. Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times, obviously very well connected to what's going on with the team, uh, talked about, you know, just it seems at this point like impactful moves, large moves are uh, unlikely, Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN, who I believe is fairly well-connected, says he's not expecting anything from the Lakers. Um, what is your read on, on on all of this? First of all, that I'm just excited. I know it's trade season because Angelo Russell is <laughs> trending right now because trade season and trade deadline season always involves D'Angelo Russell. And whenever D'Angelo Russell ever trends – because of the algorithms or whatever, how they read it, it always ends up Angelo <laughs> Russell trending. So that is very, very excited. That's how uh, you I, know. I always picture that too. Like there's, there's got to be plenty of people around the, the country named Angelo Russell wondering what the hell they did. Like, what did I do that all of a sudden you know, my phone's blowing up? Dude, you're trending. Like, wait, what? Oh, it's trade season. I got gotcha. trade season. That's right. right. Season. Uh, do want to let people know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. It's felt for like the last 24 to 36 hours that it was going to be a fairly soft trade deadline, even for no other reason than so many big names already got moved. Like, yeah. If, say, over these last 24 hours and whatever lies ahead before the deadline, you had Damian Lillard, OG Ananobi, James Harden, uh, Pascal Siakam, like all of these guys like moving at that same time, you'd be like, wow, this is an incredible deadline. But they all, all moved either in the offseason or at different points leading up to where we are right now. So a lot of that juice was already squeezed. Yeah. Um, the biggest the biggest names that were traded on Wednesday, uh, you know, a day ahead, you know, the 36 hours or so before the deadline, were uh, Simone Fontecchio from the Utah Jazz and um, 
uh, Xavier, Xavier Tillman. Tillman. Xavier Tillman went to Boston from uh, from Memphis, which is a nice little pickup for the Celtics. But Monte Morris going from that's Detroit true. to Minnesota that that's a, that's a nice backup point guard pickup. It's a help a bit. Like we're talking stuff on the fringes here, where you know who's the biggest name? Is it Monte Morris? Is it uh, is it Fontecchio? Like this is what we're talking about here. I will say when I saw the Fontecchio news, it did make me think. Well, maybe Utah might be willing to get rid of some of their stuff. And I've always thought that, you know, a couple rounders for a guy like Kelly Olynyk would be sure. a, a nice little pickup for the Lakers. Um, so we'll see, like, maybe if Utah is is in that kind of, of, of dealing space before the deadline hits. But, I mean, these are not major names. But the flip side, Andy, is, you know, there aren't really any – big names out there like because the DeMar DeRozan chatter is really quieted down to almost nothing um and then after you've got DeJounte Murray who's sort of all-star adjacent I suppose a pretty big name. although held out of yes the game that uh was going on as we were recording back spasms always a vague injury Brian that is oh exciting. my back back spasms it, I mean that is a tried and true Vague injury, difficult to actually pin down as anything real or false. And this, by the way, oh. this became super exciting because our buddy Dave McMenamin over at ESPN earlier today tweeted out, quote, Darvin Ham said D'Angelo Russell had a tune-up procedure yesterday and was unable to practice today, today being Wednesday. When asked about Russell's availability for tomorrow, Ham said, quote, we'll see. Then Dave quickly tweeted, Russell was present at the Lakers facility for practice today, however. Then he ended up tweeting out, uh, LAL's Lakers injury report for Thursday's game against the Nuggets has not yet been submitted, so we don't know yet D'Angelo Russell's official status for the game. Yet, Ham said Russell's procedure was, quote, pre-planned. Russell was seen walking around the practice court with no aid. Dave then tweeted out, this is, this is just wonderful, a team spokesman for the Lakers clarified that D'Angelo Russell underwent a, quote, treatment rather than a procedure. Russell will likely be listed as questionable for the Denver game, a source familiar with his status told ESPN. And then maybe about, I don't know, 20 minutes before we started, 20 minutes, an hour before we started recording, D'Angelo Russell is not on the Lakers injury report for the Denver game tomorrow. So whatever treatment he underwent, he appears to have been recovered from. <laughs> this is, well, this is, it could this have been is like a hair exactly. treatment. Right. That's the thing. It's like, you know, everybody's like, Darwin said he had a, a procedure. This is a surgery. It's like, it's like, okay, first of all, Darwin is not a doctor. Darwin is just, he had a thing, like a procedure, a thing, or whatever. He's barely a coach. Boom. Hey, hi yo. Hi -yo. Oh, look, and like everybody's like, oh, he, he has some kind of surgery. They're holding him. What's going on? These words are very like, kind of fungible here. Like if I say, like if I have a, if but I have a cyst, oh, I know. But like if I have a cyst removed, like I, I used to have like a little, a little cyst on my head. I once had to have it taken, I, I had it taken off. Guy goes in with a scalpel. They, they give me a little injection. He goes in with a scalpel. He, you know, it's, it's very similar to the bump Darwin has. And they take that out. Is that a procedure or is that a surgery? Might be a treatment. It could be a treatment. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, it is, I think, technically a surgery. It's extraordinarily minor, but I think it's still surgery a guy brought out a scalpel and cut me open this is where we are you know and and murray's not playing and i think like alec burks said you know like everybody and look with guys like all the guys on the pistons 
Yeah, I think you know you could you well, know Bogdanovich. I think was held out of the game, like or or at least popped up on an injury report. Like, okay, those guys, I, I buy it, but like people are just dying for some action uh, on Wednesday into Thursday. Bringing this full circle in terms of D'Angelo Russell's status and the mysterious treatment, whatever it is, I'm sure he'll be asked about it. Um, and again, unless it's like a hair treatment. HIPAA probably covers whatever he doesn't have to reveal. There's privacy issues or whatnot. But D'Angelo Russell, if he is, I guess, preemptively, proactively being held out before a game on the injury report, by then he'll be traded. So it doesn't matter how they list him. It's really a good point. That <laughs> it really doesn't matter. It didn't get enough <laughs> attention. <laughs> Like, you know, whether or not he was being held out for what? <laughs> like, it's the deadline, you're right, is after the game or the is before the game. What are we doing here? That is an excellent point. I'm a little ashamed that I hadn't thought of it. I just, um, it's just all. Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's phenomenal. What happened? Let's, 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 let's entertain this hypothetical. Boyke's right. Woj is right. Woj is right. Um, and the Lakers don't make a big move. What does that mean for them going forward? That's next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver who likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capability to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue, it is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive, Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. And gone are the days of connecting your phone, Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store. They're all built right into the 2.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. That's a big screen. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure, and Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Pathfinder. It has room up to eight, expensive cargo capacity, advanced 4x4 capability, and 284 horsepower, and up to 6,000 pounds of towing. <laughs> Basically, I looked it up. It's like a small elephant. So if you have a small pet elephant, which you shouldn't, you can now tow it to somewhere more appropriate for that elephant. So it just dawned on me, you shouldn't have an elephant. ShopNiseOnUSA.com. I just in the Department of, of Corrections and, and Retractions, just to make sure everybody's up to date here. Uh, Bogdanovich, in fact, di is, didn't play uh, in the game for the Pistons on um, on Wednesday, but uh, Alec Burks did. It's just so you mm -hmm. make sure everybody's uh, conspiracy injuries are sorted out in the proper way. Um, so, yeah, let's just say they don't make a big move. Um, and that it, it kind of is what it is. DeJounte Murray again did not play for the for the Hawks on Wednesday as they lost to Boston. I I I can't tell I I can't honestly say it feels like the Lakers are necessarily passing up a ton because by most of the reports, the biggest reason it seems like the Lakers wouldn't end up making a deal with Atlanta for Murray is that the Hawks just don't like the return. Um, you know, the Lakers and won't add and Lakers won't add Austin Reeves, I suppose, but the, they won't the add Austin Reeves. Don't like the return. Well, they won't add Austin Reeves, but it's also important to remember the Lakers can't add anything else in terms of draft capital 
Like they can't add another right. first round pick. They couldn't do that till this offseason. So there's only so much more the Lakers forget what they're willing to add. And, you know, D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves for uh, DeJounte Murray, or I mean, something like that, or GTFO, as the kids would say. Yeah. Or I don't know, Murray and Bogdanovich. Like you start getting into an area where, like, really, how much bet you're just swapping out guys. And I think that's part of the issue for the Lakers is in a perfect world. And look, you can make an argument for bringing in DeJounte Murray if for nothing else, if you just like the idea of knowing that he's under long-term contract and if you think he is better than D'Lo on top of it, okay. But the gap between D'Lo and Murray, unless you really believe in him being reinvigorated back to what people thought of him in San Antonio defensively, the mm. gap between the two is not that big. It just isn't. Even if you think Murray's better, better fit. He better. can be a better fit. He can be a better player. But yes, in in absolute terms, it is not so big that you say, "Come on, like we're, you're trading a backup for a starter or a, a role player for a near all star or whatever it might be." I 100 no. agree. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, you would try to add Murray to a backcourt of D'Lo and Austin Reeves. Like all of a sudden. That's a really, really strong backcourt, but the Lakers just don't have the ability to do that. Um, it's interesting. I, I had a, a Twitter exchange with Anthony Irwin, a former host of Locked on Lakers, now host of the Lakers Lounge. Sure, and he has a Substack. I'm sure a lot of you listening uh, are regulars for his show, regulars for a Substack. If not, change that. It's good stuff. He is busting his ass to uh, make both of them really take off. But we were talking back and forth um, about a concern he had that D'Angelo Russell, if the Lakers don't move him now, they could potentially end up losing him for nothing because he has a player option that he could opt out of and then, I guess, go somewhere else for a better deal. And while I'm not going to discount that possibility outright because clearly it could happen, nobody thought Dwight Howard was going to leave the first time he the first time he was with the Lakers, and he ended up going to Houston. But like, I don't consider D'Angelo Russell a particularly big flight risk because he seems to want to be here, and I don't picture the market for him being that strong around the league because the, the market for D'Angelo Russell is never that strong. He's, he's, not, he's not out on bail. <laughs> Describe him as a flight risk. <laughs> but I understand what you're getting at. It's like... I mean, then there's also the the possibility he could enter into a nice, you know, eighteen to twenty two million dollar contract with the Lakers. It's like uh, he can't be two things at once. He can't be this this player with no value around the league who nobody wants, and you know, and and you can't get a bag of chips for, while also being this prized asset on the free agent market. That's going to immediately leave the Lakers for greener pastures. He's one or the other, or I guess maybe something in between. But I, I just don't think you the, the the metric needs to be: is this a good trade or is it not? Um, every trade has potential upside; it has potential downside. You know, I thought the you know the Malik Beasley acquisition last year was going to be really really fruitful for the Lakers. I was wrong. It's been really, really fruitful instead for the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think anybody saw that necessarily coming in the way that it has. Like, there is always a potential 
you know, upside to a deal, but there's also a downside. And if the Lakers, who don't have tons of assets, do something because they feel like they have to, because they they got to do something, you got to you know have some action around the deadline to show that you're serious or whatever. Okay, that's fine, but you're also hamstringing your ability to make the team better in the offseason. And it, that doesn't necessarily mean Donovan Mitchell, um, although it'd be great if it did. You can use those three picks for other things. It doesn't just have to be a star. This roster needs some improvement. And so I, I don't think you can't overpay for DeJounte Murray. He's a very good player, but he's not. They literally can't overpay right. for DeJounte Murray right now. But even if you, even if they could, even if they could throw in two picks and a, and a couple swaps or whatever, it's like he's not that good. Like he is right. not one of those dudes that you say, like, for Donovan Mitchell or, you know, Damian Lillard or one of these guys where you could say these are bona fide star slash superstars where, okay, yeah, do I want to hold on to that other pick or do I really want to add a pick swap or remove a protection? I don't, but we're talking about Damian Lillard or Kevin Durant or whoever it is. That's not DeJounte Murray. And so, you know, if it turns out the Lakers wouldn't go all out in some way, shape, or form, I can live with that. Well, because especially too, you start thinking about this. Okay, say it's D'Angelo Russell, the first Jalen Hood Shafino, and the Hawks want Max Christie on top of it. Forget the idea of losing Christie, whether the Lakers would you know want to try to continue having this young player on their roster. He's one of the few young guys they have. You're now talking also about taking out Two rotation players because right. we we don't know when Gabe Vincent's going to be back. Uh, Dave McMenamin, I forgot to mention this, actually tweeted out in, in the middle of uh, Delo treatment updates that uh, Cam Reddish's knee will be reevaluated by team doctors at the game on Thursday night. Uh, right. and, and Vincent, so, there were reports on Vincent that we're looking at, you know, perhaps you know early to mid March, but that's still far enough away that you don't really know. I think ultimately, if they do make some moves, I, I don't, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not plugged in. I don't like trade season. I don't pay a ton of attention to the rumors because I, you and I have done this before. We have, you know, we are of this world. We did a lot of de trade deadlines and, and all this stuff. Everybody lies. Everything is couched in, but that could change. You know, like talks are dead for now. Like wake me when it, right. Wake me when it's over. I'm much more interested in, oh, I wonder what the impact of that is, or looking back and seeing how something came together. I think it's more likely the Lakers say, okay, we've got some second-round picks, I think up to five that they can move. You know, Could we find a Kelly Olenek or an Alec Burks or something like that? Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. Um, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith for D'Lo and first rounds like that doesn't excite me. Um because you're you're again you're you're robbing Peter to pay Paul a lot in these situations. See if you can acquire a little bit of depth. You know, Tyus Jones that could have some value, and hope you catch somebody whose role fits perfectly. You get him at the right time on a hot streak or whatever it might be. Um, when the but, Lakers well, got Markeith Morris, it ended up the perfect time exactly. for Morris. I mean, most buyout candidates don't really amount to much during a playoff run. He happened to be somebody who made an impact. Yeah, and I, I think that's sort of where they are. And I mean, it's it's not 
the Lakers are just being cheap or lazy or stubborn or whatever. There is no very little movement across the league. And the names that are out there and available this year, it's just a down year. Some years, the names are fantastic and there's stuff flying all around. Last year was really busy. This year, it's not. It happens. Um, Kobe Bryant's statue unveiling, Andy, is uh, this evening. It is on the list of all of these statues that are really phenomenal events. Obviously, I think that the most emotional um, and the most anticipated for all the really the, the just tragic reasons. Um, it, it's going to be a, a an incredible evening in so many ways. Let's talk about it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. We are the easiest, most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six, two to six player stat projections. Watch the winnings roll in. It's demon time on Prize Picks. You can now win up to 100 times your money. Wow. As, with as little as just four correct picks, you can turn 10 bucks into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Prize picks offers also weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to, to provide even more value, plus an excuse to get yourself more tacos as part of the theme, which is a win in and of itself. Prize Picks also now offers Apple Play for quick and easy deposits into your account this basketball season. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. So I have no particular insight i don't think anybody i haven't seen anything teasing what this statue could look like and i've thought like really like what what should it be like you, i've seen the pictures of the tent out on the plaza at la live and in, in the you know the courtyard area where they put all these things and i i can't can't decide what I what I want it to be, like what I think would be. It, this is on the list of 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 honoraries to try to create. This is such a. It's both in. It's a difficult one to get right. I think just because he means so much to so many people in so many different ways, and he's not here. Well, the good news is I have full confidence in the Lakers to get it right. And all the people involved, including I'm, I'm assuming Vanessa Bryant, who I think tends to have a very good eye for this stuff. And, you know, this, the sort of museum of sculptures outside the crypt has gotten increasingly better over time. Like the quality of these statues, like the Kareem one is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, that's just it's a really beautiful work of art. The shack uh, think, one where it's actually hanging or, you know, suspended up in air, like he's yeah, done, like is an the, amazing piece. The recent Chick Hearn one is, yep. I think, very clever. The Luke Robitaille one is like, I feel like they should redo Magic. They really need to redo Magic's because it was, it was, it was, it was kind of nice at the time, but even then, everybody was like, 
I don't get it. They kind of missed the face. And what's he yeah. exploding out of? And I, yeah. hey, what are we doing here? Right. But I, I have no doubt, no matter what image they use for Kobe, it's going to be just meticulously and gorgeously done. You know, I, I mean, the one that pops to mind to me, if, if I had to pick the one that just seems most fitting, most iconic, would be him on the scorer's table after that's that's game seven meets over Boston. And, you know, is what I would do. But biased in the sense that you and I were both in the building when that happened. So we're seeing it. You know, we're both seeing him on that scores table in real time. Um, him with the finger up, checking back to the bench after 81, you know, when he's acknowledging the fans. That's a pretty iconic pose for Kobe. Uh, him. <laughs> Even but like if they wanted an action, the, you know, something with a turnaround jump shot. I mean, the turnaround jump no, shot. Yeah. But to to your point about the the scorers table, the the reason I that's what I went with. A, it's an iconic image. B, it is a moment of sort of that unbridled joy from Kobe, and also I think the moment of his greatest triumph. It, it was winning that series outside, uh, you know, beating the Celtics. Winning the the multiple titles away from Shaq, like where you know, okay, you you beat Orlando. It's like you know, it's, well, and it was two seasons was removed from losing to the Celtics, right? In two thousand eight, the thirty nine point beatdown in Game Six. There's also two among the many reasons I agree with all the ones you listed for that one pose in Game Seven against Boston, two thousand ten. It's that connection with the fans. Yes. And Kobe had – I've never seen fans with a loyalty and a passion towards an athlete as Laker fans. I mean, really, Kobe fans with Kobe. Like, I, I've described him before, like, for his his most ardent fans, which were basically all of them. He's always been seen as half basketball god, half political prisoner. Mm -hmm. Like with the fervency with which they wanted to make sure you knew that they you, they were in Kobe's corner. Like, and you know, for all the reasons everybody knows, Kobe was polarizing and controversial throughout his throughout his career. And there were periods where being a Kobe fan was not easy. And Laker fans, the ones that really were with Kobe the whole time, treated that as a badge of honor and wanted to make sure that you knew that they were with Kobe. And yeah. th that moment on the scorer's table, as much as anything, just speaks to the connection with those fans. Yes. Honestly, the only thing that makes it hard for me is like just as a, as a matter of practicality and artwork, when he's you know up there and he's holding the ball and he's screaming like that, uh, and, and with that release, it may just be hard to see his face. Like, you know, you kind of want that statue where you, it, 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 these things are so, he, he is, you know, Kobe was always going to get a statue, you know, that was never, it's not like that was, was up for debate, but it like the, 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 the how they choose to do it, whether with the way they create that connection, like one if for people who haven't seen it, that what makes the Chick Hearn statue so uh clever is that you can sit down next to Chick 
and take a photo and do that. Like, you know, that's how it was set up. And my wife's empty done chair. It. Yeah, there's an empty chair next to Chick on the statue for people who've never been to the plaza. You know, people are going to want that sort of some kind of connection where they feel like Kobe is looking at them and or speaking to them or or it is it's just it is a i have no doubt that as a piece of artwork it's going to be beautiful um but you get into you know eight or 24 you get into you know gg and, you know there's just there's so many things in it that are emotional um just because of the context that it's just it's not supposed to fundamentally i guess what it comes down to me is like he was always supposed to get a statue. It's not supposed to be this way. And that's no, what you're supposed to so be hard. Yeah. I mean, um, like a couple things. First of all, just in case people weren't aware, uh, Spectrum Sportsnet is going to be uh, carrying coverage of everything leading up to the statue unveiling beginning at 3 p.m. Pacific. Then afterwards, the full ceremony is going to be at uh, Lakers.com. If you're not able to see that, um, it's a very, very tight ticket only event. So, if you do not like game tickets will not get you access to the ceremony. So just unless you know for a fact that you have a ticket for this statue unveiling, don't go. You're not going to be able to get in. But starting February 9th, um, it's going to be open to uh which is traffic. Or, right. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's you don't have to wait long. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the other thing that came to mind, like thinking about this statue, is that it's likely the final big ceremonial remembrance of Kobe by the Lakers, like at Crip uh, Staples, or maybe even by the NBA. Like there was the Jersey retirement, which yeah. thankfully Kobe was still alive, you know, that he was there yes. um, part of that ceremony. And then there was obviously the memorial at Ben Staples Center, which you and I were both at and was incredibly well done and emotional and touching. And then there was the pregame memorial, the first, game back for the Lakers, which again, we were both at very powerful as well. There was the hall of fame induction and this is likely it. Like, you know, there, there'll be anniversary remembrances. I'm sure. Like I could see something being done for like the, the 30 year anniversary of Kobe Pretend, entering the just, league yeah, or like 20s yeah. of 20 year of 81, but it just sort of hit me. I'm like, this is probably the last of these really I mean, if he got a street named after him or something, that would be in Newport, and I and I doubt the Lakers would be involved with it, like directly involved. Yeah, maybe. In I mean, it could be, but either way, it's but it's and it's he. You saw, like I was watching on on Spectrum, they were they were doing some of the statue, you know, kind of going through all these different statues and stuff, and, and replaying some of these ceremonies, including obviously ones that Kobe attended, and you know yeah. we haven't. We haven't reached that place yet where like styles start to change or the way footage looks started to change, like where it feels like there's real distance between, um, you know, the, 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 the present day and that crash, like everything's still like when you see him talking to Robert Ori's kid, other than knowing that like Ori's kid now is like, college or something like that um like it doesn't like that could be yesterday that could be today that could be tomorrow it just he doesn't look um and it's it's still 
beyond exceedingly tragic it is just strange it is yeah. weird it, it is you know um but uh it will be a great night it'll be a difficult night i think to go out and play but um it's also Still, you know it's also something too the lakers do these things exceptionally well yes. one last thing bringing it back to delo it would be I mean, this is obviously not a reason to avoid trading D'Angelo Russell if you like a deal for him, but it would be kind of ironic if he was traded on this day of Kobe's statue unveiling in that he was actually a teammate of Kobe's on the Lakers. And he's, yeah. one, of the, he's one of the few remaining in the league that actually did play with Kobe. Like in the, I'm not counting the Olympics, but like mm -hmm. in the NBA, it's like, it's D'Lo, it's Randall, it's Clarkson, it's Nance. Like, there's there's not that many guys. Well, it's, it will be well plenty more to talk about after the game on Thursday. Obviously, the deadline. Obviously, the results of the actual game. I'm sure comments about the the, the statue ceremony itself. And it's a big weekend for the Lakers on the floor. So we'll see what they look like uh, after the deadline. And I'll be back to recap it all. Uh, we'll see everybody tomorrow.